and welcome to episode two of the Ask podcast, where we sincerely hope you'll be attaining some secret knowledge with the assistance of our fantastic teachers and staff at John Hamden Grammar School in High Wycombe. Um, just to remind you, I'm Jenny Summers, Deputy Head um, of English and Drama at the school. Um, and I'm hoping for a truly cross-curricular exploration today. Um, I can't resist. We might be doing some links to Macbeth, so watch out for that. Um, and here's my delightful co-host. And I'm Mark Till. And if you listened last time and you're listening this time, then we love you. Uh, not, in a, <laughs> uh, not in a weird way, uh, in, a, in a perfectly normal way. Uh, and here is your second clue. So if you listened last week, you'd have had the first clue. And I thought we'd do this week's clue at the very beginning. Uh, your second clue for people looking to make a cryptic uh, connection between these things is Austin. Mm. Your second clue is Austin, as in A-U-S-T-E-N. So not the city in Texas, but the novelist oh. in... Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> that is your that is your second clue. You and you might, if you're listening, you won't know, but we are we've invested this week in lots of uh, elaborate props. Uh, we have uh, not to anticipate what our theme is, but a huge, we're doing this around a huge bubbling cauldron. Uh, we've got pointy hats. Uh, there's a cat in the corner just behind you. No expense has been spent at all. In some ways, it's a shame we're not filming it because we've gone to so much uh, expense and trouble with the props. Well, on that note, sir, we're also joined by three wizards of sixth form. We have Tom, our producer extraordinaire, who terribly I forgot to uh, thank for his fantastic job he's done. But let, I'll let you introduce yourself. Uh, I'm, I'm Tom. I study maths, physics, further maths and music. But I've got an interest in all sorts of things. And there's a good element of, of medicine, actually, um, in you know the history of witchcraft. So that, that's what drew me in. Um, I, I'm the producer, but um, I'd like to also thank our lovely audio team, um, and Aman, um, who isn't here with us today, but will be at some point. <laughs> Sounds very he is still alive. Aman is good. He has not died. Producing, <laughs> producing the podcast wasn't that difficult. <laughs> oh dear. Um, and we've got you, an, a true polymath, if I may say, and total gentleman. Thank you very much, Mom. Yes, I'm Ewan. Uh, I study uh, similarly to Tom Maths, further maths, physics, um, and I also study politics. So I hope that makes me somewhat qualified to uh, not interrogate Mom, but ask Mom some questions. It's <laughs> a really interesting subject. Tweaking in her boots. Interrogates, fine. We'll go with interrogate. Yeah, we'll go. We interrogate. did say for which Spanish interrogation is, yeah. is definitely <laughs> true. True, 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 true. And then we've got returning panelist Dan, the master of rhetoric. Uh, yeah, I'm Dan. I study history, politics, and English although I won't be interrogating mum, I'm much nicer than you and, <laughs> <laughs> and I also do debating frequently. Fantastic. Nice. And today we're going to be travelling back in time to examine the world of witchcraft in the 16th and 17th centuries. I have some questions bubbling in my mind already. Do they really meet in thunder, lightning or in rain? Were people really drowned to test whether they were a witch or not? Could a man be a witch? I'm sure we'll be covering all of this today when we're attaining our secret knowledge. And most importantly, we have our multi-talented guest today. This is Mrs. Helen Livingston. She is a phenomenon. She not only teaches history, she also is capable of teaching religious studies and maths. So my mind boggles at the idea of that combination of subjects. Um, so let me start off and jump straight in uh, and say, why witchcraft and why does that leave you spellbound, Mum? <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help. I feel like I'm not going to be able to keep up with the level of puns here. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to set that out. Uh, witchcraft. Well, so I've been interested in witchcraft since uh, university. I studied uh, a module on it and I was kind of um, hooked at that point. 
Um, and I just think it's a really interesting way of getting into the lives of people that you wouldn't normally get into because normally what you have access to is court records you have uh, as in the king's court uh, you have access to the people who were literate who could read and write um, who could tell you about their lives uh, or whose lives were particularly interesting uh, to the people around them but you don't get a huge amount of uh, insight into the lives of ordinary people and what ordinary people believed and particularly women uh, whereas with witchcraft trials, it is predominantly, certainly in England, predominantly women who were accused, but also predominantly women who were accusing them. Mm. Uh, so you get through the court, the court now talking about, uh, as in trials, uh, <laughs> through the court records, you get uh, a lot of women's voices. Uh, and I guess the other thing to say is it's just something that's kind of fascinating. You know, we all talk about, you know, Macbeth and uh, Harry Potter and all sorts of fictional uh, wizards and witches um, and I guess I was kind of intrigued to see if there was and where there was crossover Fantastic. Let's start with some questions. Where do you think obviously uh, the whole idea of sorcery comes up in the Bible but we see witchcraft in loads of other cultures. Where do you think it's sort of originated from in terms of England? So in terms of England uh, there was a crime of witchcraft or sorcery uh, back into the medieval ages but it tended to be quite a political crime and so it was committed by uh, women and some men uh, so there was uh, a mother-in-law of one of the kings of England who was accused of uh, witchcraft when it was more of a political crime and linked to treason mm. but it became what I would associate with witchcraft uh, in sort of the 16th century there was a lot written about it, sort of just before the Reformation, um, and then it was picked up on and dis dispersed around Europe. So it was kind of started in, in Germany, um, and there was a, a book particularly uh, in 1480-something uh, called The Malleus Maleficarum, which means the Hammer of the Witches, uh, and that is probably the tome that started off the idea of uh, witchcraft being a common crime because arguably w would you say it created a sense of paranoia because if you look at it in the grand scheme of things this these superstitions these um thoughts of you know widespread people across the world what factors caused this to spread on such a quick and wide scale basis well that uh, we could be here for ages <laughs> to <get into. laughs> uh, my answer would be the reformation mm -hmm. uh my big answer would be that uh, for Protestants they were trying to clamp down on Catholic superstition and actually the Catholic Church was trying to clamp down on Catholic superstition as well because they could see that people were turning away from what they saw as the true church. Uh, so actually the Reformation creates a space where people are paranoid, they're paranoid about the religion that those around them are following, they are worried about what is true religion um, and they are very keen to demonstrate their own religiosity. And do you think, obviously, King James's demonology, yep. um, a massive dissertation, do you think the fact that the king had got had such a fascination with the topic, do you think that helped propagate it around the country? Perhaps, although by the 17th century, you've already had a, a couple of, um, sort of outbreaks of witchcraft. It's been ongoing since the mid 16th century. 
uh, and the 1580s in particular, there's an outbreak of witchcraft. There is uh, obviously then the demonology uh, prompts another wave. Yeah. Um, but the, the other big wave you see in England actually isn't until the 1640s, um, which was a During good few years. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah there, there are, I think there are five great Scottish witch hunts um, <laughs> over, over sort of 200 mm, years. Well, you've got to be a bit careful. English witchcraft is quite different to Scottish witchcraft. Mm. Um, Scottish witchcraft mm. is more similar to German witchcraft. Mm. Tell us more, Mark. Well, well, can't please you can't tease us. So what were the types of things then that people were accused of being witches for? What types of things sort of got them in this situation? Okay, where? Um, England, we'll start with. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. And then, and then how, how does it differ? Um, yeah. Yeah. Did the Scottish witches want independence? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly so. I mean, it was around the time that the uh, you know James had united the the kingdoms yeah. of England and yeah. I, uh, England and Scotland. How were, how were they different? Uh, the witchcraft. Yeah. So we can go back to, to Dan's question, yeah. and that leads quite nicely into yours. So uh, in England, the crimes are kind of similar. So in England, you know, your butter didn't churn. You killed someone's cow. You. <laughs> You know, you put a curse on their life and possibly, you know, that was the extreme that, of, of killing. Um, but in England, you would be arrested for um, someone's butter not churning or their cow dying. And that would be the accusation. So the trial um, would go something along the lines of, uh, oh, so you made a pact with the devil. Yeah, yeah, I did that, yeah. Uh, right, and what did the devil get you to do? Uh, well, um, I used his power to kill my neighbour's cow. <laughs> you, you killed a cow. Yeah, that was what I did. Uh, right, well, that's a felony. So for that, you should be hanged. Wow. Whereas in Germany, uh, you get similar things, although on a massively bigger scale, they really went to town with it in Germany. <laughs> but the conversation went more along the lines of, so, you use the power of the devil. Yes. To, to kill a cow, yeah, that was that was what I did. But you used the power of the devil. Yes. And what did the you know what did you do with the devil? What deal did you make with him? How did you get his power? You are in league with the devil, uh, and for that you will be burned. Wow. So the difference comes in how they whether you look at it as a felony or whether you look at it as um, a diabolic pact. Yeah, yeah because wh when I was looking into this, the, they kind of pounced on the smallest little things. And I, I saw that um, even Joan of Arc was um, kind of tried for the visions which she had, which arguably contributed to the, um, the victory, the end of the Hundred Years' War. And later, Joan of Arc was obviously sadly burned at the stake for yeah, which I think is a really interesting illustration of what I was talking about earlier, where in the sort of 13th century, 14th, 15th century, witchcraft was uh, a political crime, which was essentially used to get rid of people you know, that you, you didn't want, that you thought were threatening your power. Um, with, yeah, Joan of Arc being a really good example of that. How could a woman be in this position of power? Well, she must have used witchcraft to get there. And is that and that why you see so in in the Scottish witch hunts you could see sort of four hundred people killed very quickly. Yeah. Um, is because of this it seeing as a, a religious um, a religious person somebody going astray from 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 the Christian religion at that point. 
Yeah, um, so then what that leads on to is, uh, well, if you've made a pact with the devil, it is fully legitimate for us to torture you. Um, because Legally binding contract. Well, <laughs> that sort of thing, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, because, you know, actually you are threatening us with the devil, the devil himself. What worse could there be? Mm. So, you know, fully okay to, to torture you. And what we're also going to do whilst we're torturing you is we're going to ask who else you were in league with. Because the devil doesn't just want one person. Mm. He wants all the souls. Yeah. So um, you're probably also, because, you know, you have these cosy chats with the devil, he'll have told you who else he's in league with. <laughs> uh, so we're going we're gonna to torture, torture the names out of you. You're looking a bit dumbfounded. No, I'm them. just thinking, is there, is there evidence, uh, someone who's looked at a lot of these trials transcripts and the, the written evidence that's available, um, an insight into whether those who were accused, on some level, were they confessing because they'd been tortured? Obviously some were. Did any of them actually believe themselves that they were witches? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's really difficult to tell uh, quite a lot of the time because even in England where torture itself wasn't used, actually, um, you know, they were kept in some pretty nasty conditions um, and things like sleep deprivation and just the psychological trauma, essentially, of being in that position mm -hmm. would have been really difficult to deal with. But certainly um, some people would have believed that they had certain powers. Um, if we think about uh, medicine, um, if, if we think about kind of white witchcraft or healing mm, yeah. folk, um, mm. there is clearly some belief there that they had the power to do good. Uh, so certainly whether people really believed that they were killing other, other people's cows and, and <laughs> children and things like that, mm, probably to a certain extent. And and on, on the topic of, of white witches as well, so mm. what set someone different from uh, a witch and a healing person and how could a, a you know a healing person become a witch become deemed a witch um an accusation essentially simple as that yeah um if you tried to heal someone it went wrong that could result in an accusation there actually isn't loads of crossover between the two it's something that i looked at quite a lot in university um and there's not loads of crossover there is a bit but actually um people tend to accuse you of being a witch rather than uh, you being uh, a white witch or a healer um, and then accused. And there is a really interesting case actually where um, the powers that be decided that a woman was a witch and pretty much the whole community turned out and said, no, she's not, she healed me, mm. she made me better. Um, and in that instance actually wasn't taken into account and she was executed. Oh. Uh, I know, it's really sad that. Um, but so there were, yeah, there, there were instances of crossover, but quite often not so much. So was the accusation itself basically a death sentence? Or like, how many people who were accused as a proportion, say, sort of got actually executed? I've got genuinely no oh. idea. Um, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But it depends how far you got in the process. Mm. Um, you know, if one person, if your next door neighbour said, oh, she's a witch, then probably not too much yeah. was going to come of it if you've got whole communities uh, saying it or in some cases when you get quite powerful people accusing others of witchcraft um, then it becomes more of an issue and also if you are um, obviously accused by another witch um, 
then that's pretty grim for you. And how do you think? Obviously, we're not um, we're not as we don't accuse our teachers of being witch and burning them at a stake. Um, <laughs> not yet, but education yet. gets reformed very frequently. So that's <laughs> yes, well, that that's our goal. Whether that's still the case. <laughs> but how how do you think that sort of left the popular belief? Um, because it was quite you know widespread. How how do you think that you know it became a thing that we're not at burning people at a stake as, as so much? So how did the craze end? Is yes. What you're as a non-historian, my answer for that is, I always think that was Elizabeth I, who takes some of the heat out of the religious conflict, but we have an actual historian. Am I, am I right or wrong? Because isn't it Elizabeth I who says, we won't make windows into men's souls, and there's a sense that the, if, if it is fanned by the flames of the Protestant Reformation, that things settle down a little bit then? How, how sarcastic can I be in my <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, Trouble, sir. This is why I do the uh, podcast. Uh, I might even get Did James the first come before or after? Oh, yeah. I, I, I was about to say that. That's yeah. a fair point. Uh, yeah, it's in, essentially, um, people just stop believing. Um, it's It was still a crime until 1736 in England, uh, which is quite late, really, I, I feel. Yeah. Um, you know, that's two, 250. 300 years ago uh, so not actually that long ago um, and gradually uh, people stop accusing people but more um, the powers that are prosecuting are not willing to do so mm. so there are still cases brought but they are quite quickly thrown out of court and uh, so, so on, on the topic of James uh, King James so you, you see his effect with the demonology on, on Shakespeare do you think that was a, a particular effect in, in the sort of media of the time do you think witchcraft was something everybody was thinking about um, or is it just something that you know happened people accused and in, in communities or yeah I think quite a few people were thinking about it I mean there's a, a lot of people after the Malleus uh, a lot of people then write um, treatises. There's a brilliant one written in the 1580s, so just before King James, uh, which basically says, you're all completely bonkers. What are you talking about? Like, this woman has come from a hovel at the end of your village. How on earth does she have the power of the devil? And if she had the power of the devil, surely she wouldn't still be in a hovel at the end of your village. Uh, and it, it's quite good. So there are, there are people writing against it as well, but it's certainly up there in the discourse among... Um, quite educated people right um and most trials will have some sort of trial pamphlet and um executions will have uh, a pamphlet about them so there's a lot around um about witchcraft on that note to go back to what you were talking about i think right back at the beginning you talked about it being one of the things that fascinated you this is about women yep. so why is it why is it women getting accused why is it the women at the hovel at the end of the road why is it the women that are particularly getting caught up in all of this if you find an answer to that, Ooh. can you let me know? Fair enough. Um, there are lots of theories around. I mean, um, the big one, the big sort of theory is about it, it's a misogynist crime, essentially, um, and it's fear of women with power um, and fear of women on their own as well, mm. um, although that's not always the case. Um, it's also to do with the stereotype of a witch. If you go to different countries, witches look very different. Mm. There are uh, areas in Europe where 
witchcraft is actually uh, being a werewolf, um, and there are people who believe that they turn into wolves at night, or maybe they don't believe it, but certainly <laughs> their neighbours do, um, <laughs> and go out hunting. Uh, and that's predominantly a male form of witchcraft. Mm. Um, if you go further east into sort of Poland and uh, Russia, you, it becomes again more of a political crime, um, and you get um, shaman, and they're men. Mm. So there's also a lot to do, I would suggest, about the folklore um, in the country that you're looking at. So this has become in our culture, it's become the, the go-to metaphor if people feel that there's paranoia and persecution. Mm. Arthur Miller's play The Crucible mm. does an awful lot of this, where he, he's comparing it obviously to a sense of, of, of looking for communists and McCarthyism. Um, do you think that that's overdone in the culture, that sense of looking for witch hunts, calling things witch hunts, or do you think it stems from a similar place in human nature and actually mm. it's something that we do need to be wary of and it is a similar motivation? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, maybe not so much in uh, England, although in the 1640s you get Matthew Hopkins who appoints himself Witchfinder General <laughs> and marches round Essex, rounding people up. Um, but certainly in Germany, where there are over 50,000 witches were executed, um, which is, you know, quite a staggering number for something that today we perhaps don't believe exists. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some of the torture devices they use were really grim. I mean, I, I looked into I some of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I know. I know, but I, I know that's the point of torture, but the, the, the idea of it just it sends a shiver down your spine. I mean, I saw things like uh, leg irons, um, thumb screws, all sorts of, you know, obviously horrible things, as I said, but at, uh, at the same time, what do you think made people for one second think that this form of torture was just justified? Do you mm -hmm. think it was mainly the religious overriding aspect? Or yeah, do you I think, mean, I think it, they it would... was mainly political? Or? Mm, well, that's an interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I think partly they were terrified. Um, you know, it's all very well that we don't believe it, but uh, they did. You know, they they believed most most people who were involved in the witch craze firmly believed that what they were doing was right, and they were saving people's souls, um, and therefore anything was justified. And what do you think is the outcome of torture like that? Is the outcome to, to punish that person for being a witch? Is the outcome to get a confession? Yeah, a confession. A confession. And names. Right. Because they're so scared of who it could be around them. Yeah. And was there any limit on age? Like, w were you seeing children being accused of being witches? Or was it mainly older people? Or? Uh, mainly, well, so mainly adults. Mm -hmm. Not really children. Although, again, depends where you were. There wasn't an, an interest. There was well, interesting. Mm. Um, there were um, occasions in Germany again uh, where children, not so much accused, but certainly um, they would be seen as almost victims um, that had been involved in it most of the time. Um, in terms of um, someone else had managed to lure them into it and they didn't really know what they were mm. were doing so yeah. well just you, you know not to take it too far away from the uk but you look at the salem witch trials there mm. were children uh uh convicted um in those trials mm. um it, it certainly they're not off bounds um but i guess it's because you know they're so scared of the devil 
mm-hmm. um, from, from, from Protestant or from, from Christianity at that time. And we haven't really talked that much about the, the American, we've talked about the British, you've talked about, about Germany and so on. What, what do you think about, the, is there a standout things in the Salem witch trials that make them qualitatively different from what we've talked about so far? Or are there parallels and similarities? What, what stands out to you? I don't know a huge amount about the Salem witch trials, actually. Um, but, yeah, they're essentially the British witchcraft tradition, mm-hmm. uh, but exploded. Um, and they really go to town with their punishments, you know, they squash someone under a stone and um, various things like that. And um, But it's all the tropes that you would see in a lot of British witchcraft cases. Mm-hmm. Well, and one of the problems with Salem was it was so isolated from everybody else. Um, and that was they they think that was one of the main contributing factors that people just got so paranoid and isolated from from, from, yeah. from civilization. And it's a lot later actually than a lot of what's going on in Europe because of that reason. So they've gone over to America and then been very isolated um, in America and in that part of of the world. Um, and so the beliefs I think have existed longer and been able to the paranoia been able to build. Is it a useful lesson then? Because in some ways, as a historical episode, whether we think it ends there or whether those emotions carry on, it's, it's hard not to think that it's just the worst parts of human nature. Mm. It's superstition, it's paranoia, it's prejudice, it's elements of sadism, yeah. extreme violence, um, misogynistic overtones, not even overtones, just outright misogyny in lots of cases. Uh, is this, as an example, just a brilliant anti-example of everything that's humanist and decent and right? Or is that going too far? I think it's very easy to say that from the 21st century. Mm. I think... Hindsight's a wonderful thing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, at the end of the day, however misguided and misled and horrendous these people were, most of the time they were trying to do what they thought was right. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were trying to protect their communities. Um, But clearly... Um, I, I'd like it on paper that I'm not advocating going out and hunting women as witches. That's uh, <laughs> not a good thing. Dramatic outcome of the podcast. It would be, yeah. Like, don't do it. We'll be studied for years to come. One moment. I was going to say the, the High Wickham witch craze <laughs> by 2021. But you think when people get scared, you see it on social media. They they yep. they try and chase down exactly what they're scared of, and you have what the media often calls witch hunts. I was going to say, and then debate. you call it the witch hunt. You call it a witch hunt, but you see, it's definitely not beyond us in the 21st century. We just have different witches to hunt. Mm. Um, and, you know, that's probably the lesson we take from this, is that often we get scared and and try and chase down what, what scares us most, whether it's the devil 400 years ago or whether yeah. it's somebody on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Very similar. Very comparable. <laughs> Fair point. I just wondered, um, I heard a little birdie told me who may possibly, I need to give a shout out to S3 because I may possibly put it out to them to, to try and inspire me with some questions. And, and uh, James in year 13, our previous podcast guest, um, hinted to me that there was something to do with witchcraft and fertility that you were, you'd written about previously. So I just wanted to give you a chance to, to talk about that a little bit and, and, and unpack what on earth he might be talking about when he gave me that hint. <laughs> if you can remember what you were talking about at the time. So, <laughs> uh, there is a lot of work about German witchcraft. So, Lyndall Roper would be the person to go and read if you're interested in this. Go and read Lyndall Roper because she's amazing. Um, but 
she says that there is a lot of worry about women kind of being anti-women um, and they are not fulfilling the role that a woman should be filling so either um, mother or wife or none essentially um, and therefore one of the key things that a woman should be doing is having children and witches don't do that um, and there's a lot then of question around how much symbolism within witchcraft is linked to um, fertility and uh, having children, keeping children alive. Mm. Um, it's a lot, a lot more prevalent in Germany. Um, there's not actually that much crossover. Certainly in England, you don't see witches killing many children. Um, whereas in Germany, there's quite a lot more uh, infanticide put down to witchcraft. Mm. Um, but it's you know things like uh, you get your tropes of witches gathering and dancing around cauldrons uh, from that sort of witchcraft um, and riding on goats to <laughs> sabbats uh, which are, are um, diabolic creatures obviously mm -hmm. I mean who doesn't see a goat and think ah, devil <laughs> um, so uh, yeah and also things like sex with the devil and uh, relationships that you might have with the devil mm. that uh, mean you no longer want men uh, and therefore that's another thing to do with fertility um, and you are not accept you know you're not accepting the role that God gave for you mm. to you and do you think that contributes to the fact that so many women accuse accused other women of, of being witches at the time do you think that there was that fear um, in in women that or was it was it just the fact that everybody was just so scared of, of the devil or, or or the powers that a witch could have? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I think um, because they were trying to fulfil this role of a woman um, in inverted commas, uh, and so they wanted to protect that. And you know, quite often because of this link to um, fertility, things like um, crops and butter and animals mm. and children were all kind of common targets and quite a lot of those were things that women would have oversight of within the home particularly things like churning your butter uh, and looking after your children uh, brewing your beer they were all women's jobs um, so it was quite often women women being affected again in inverted commas uh, by the impact of witchcraft I'm always churning butter and brewing beer at home. Mark. That's just that's just me. That's just a yeah. I'm glad to hear it. Classic bank holiday weekend for me. Really. <laughs> Brent, have you got any final things? Is there anything you think that we haven't given you the chance to talk about? Any particular things we've missed? Any myths you want to bust? Or do you think we've, you know, grilled you and and turned the thumbs thumb screws enough on you by now? <laughs> I mean, you've not yet tied my hands and legs together and thrown me into a pond to test Ooh, me. We haven't really talked about all that. Do you no. fancy t talking about? Is that true? Did that happen? Yeah, yeah. Seriously, that was an actual thing that happened. Uh, there are lots of tests for witchcraft. Um, if you want to start your own witch craze, I can give you some tips about how to right. how to track them down. Uh, <laughs> but there is a common misconception that ducking and swimming are the same things. Mm. So ducking, uh, you essentially are tied to a stool uh, which is on a big lever um, and then ducked, dropped into 
some freezing cold water of a pond or a, a stream, uh, and then brought back out and then ducked again, however many times your punishment uh, requires. Uh, and that is mainly for women who talk too much. Um, that's a scold's punishment for people who don't do what their husbands tell them. Uh, with swimming, that's a test for witchcraft. So swimming is where they would tie your hands and feet together, a little bit like you were doing a mushroom float, except tied up so you can't swim away, um, and then, again, lob you in a handy body of water. Uh, and if you float, which most people do, because they've got lungs, uh, you're a witch, and if you drown uh, or sink, you are not a witch. Usually, people didn't die. Okay, If they did sink, uh, they'd be hoiked back out, and that would be fine. But uh, occasionally, you know, this did happen. But on the plus side, you weren't a witch, and therefore you were going to heaven. Um, so, <laughs> um, other tests they would do uh, things like making you repeat the Lord's Prayer, absolutely verbatim, like no mistakes. If you made a wow. mistake, clearly you were possessed by the devil. Um, and I don't know if you've ever tried to say the Lord's Prayer when your life's at stake. Um, <laughs> but however well you know something. It's really difficult to do. Yeah. Uh, Life will especially in today's climate, with everybody you know using fillers every few words, it would be so difficult. Yeah, exactly. Any um, any so uh, what? Uh, that was it. You know, not just words wrong, but if you you stumbled, that was it. Um, the other thing um, that they really like to do, and this was really really common, would be to prick you, um, and that would be getting a needle and literally pricking you, and then. Uh, if they found uh, something on your body, like a freckle or a mole, uh, that would be a particular point uh, to prick. Um, and if you didn't feel it, then uh, you were clearly a witch, because that was where uh, the devil had sucked your blood from you. Ooh. That was where you'd made your pact with the devil, where the devil took your blood. Uh, so therefore, uh, you know, he'd... he'd because he's the devil and kind, he'd inserted some form of Anastasia <laughs> at that point. Uh, yeah, no, he, he's considerate when, yeah. when you make a pact, he does. Um, but uh, you, they'd have certain places as well that they'd search for. So again, linking back to the fertility, it would tend oh. to be uh, on genitals and um, breasts oh. and things like that, uh, which, uh, yeah, they'd also have tricks about sort of when when they pricked you and how they pricked you and things like that so it wasn't just um you'd you didn't notice someone sticking a needle in you it would have been you know they'd been yeah. going along and then you didn't notice a pinprick something like that and this is where there's an element of sadism in that surely mm. in the, the yeah. choice of location and a kind of psychosexual yeah idea that that's probably for uh, podcast extra the, the well, late yeah. night version yeah. of the ask that. podcast yeah absolutely um, uh, there's a definitely a late late night version of uh, a witchcraft <laughs> podcast that could be done uh, looking forward to that yeah um but possibly for now uh, we'll end on the uh, <laughs> how to find a witch yeah brilliantly gruesome I was certainly enchanted by everything you said <laughs> sorry <laughs> I couldn't back. I had to get a couple more in there didn't I I have to say thank you to our absolutely amazing guest Mrs Helen Livingston I've learned an incredible amount today that I'll be taking away don't worry I'm not going to be testing any witches just yet I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to use those, some of those torture techniques on some of my classes but <laughs> I can't really uh, <laughs> yeah. sorry Dan sorry this is, this is your this is your warning to 
to get out That's of my right. way. Uh, but yeah, no, thank you to Helen. Really brilliant. Thank you uh, to my co-host. Thank you to our fantastic production team and to our brilliant panellists, you and Tom, you in your double role as both, <laughs> and Dan, our returning member of the co- uh, podcast. Please remember to follow us on JHGS English on Twitter or JHGS History um, as week. well. <laughs> I remembered. Mr. Sorton told me off last time. Um, or you can subscribe to us on YouTube by searching for my name, Jenny Summers. I'll probably sort that out at some point and do that properly. Um, and leave us a rating uh, and review. And we even could be found on Spotify. So lots of places um, to, to find us. But really fanta- fantastic, everybody. I um, hope you had a lovely time listening. Uh, and tune in again next week for the next episode of the Ask Podcast. Hurrah. Thank you very much. Thank you. See you then.